Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special edition of Are You Ready for Some Football here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra. And it's almost here. Super Bowl is almost here between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, last week we gave you our predictions, so now this week we're just going to have a little bit of fun, and we are going. what we're going to be discussing today are the top The Pro 10. Bowl? Oh. No, we're not. No, 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 no. Sorry, I thought we were talking no. about flag football. Hold, hold on. Rather, Did that game happen yet? Three of them. Three, three of them? Three flag football games. Oh. Okay. I, 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 I paid no attention. I, I mean, some of the events were cool, but a lot of it was trash. Was it like a skill challenge or some shit like that? Or I mean, it did still challenges all throughout, which were real. I like the skill challenge for the most part. The one I hated was like the best catch because he did the stupid trampoline stuff. Here's the thing. Catching is cool when you're running downfield and you moss somebody, but when you jump on a trampoline and try to flip, it's only as cool as the one who did it before over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty pretty lackluster in that sense. Um, one of the cool things is that they did this... Um, it was a bunch of linemen. I can't remember exactly what it was, or defense player. I can't remember which one it was, but they had like this big wall. You know how they do like the sleds, the pull sled or the push sleds for linemen and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did this one as a pull sled, and they had a pull with the uh, it's moving the chains, what it was called, and they had to use like the referee chains, uh, like the little orange thing to pull on it. But this wall had five thousand pounds. It was with total five thousand pound. They had to remove three thousand pounds from the back of it, so they had to like slide it off. It looked like old Ninja Warriors kind of stuff before they had nice. to like pull it all together, and they had to cross the whole like this specific line thing with like ten yards. It was actually interesting. Um, that was good. The quarterback toss one was really good. Derek Carr showed off in that one. Um, shoot, what else was there? There was the kick tack toe, which was the kickers challenge which was really cool actually um there was dodgeball which is dodgeball um i feel like there was another event that actually liked um uh, but the main event was three flag football games uh they played like uh i want to say like maybe six minute half ten minute half something like that something stupid like that um and they let every starting quarterback pretty much get a game in um but yeah that was uh <laughs> yeah I seen, I seen one clip of uh trevor lawrence really scrambled almost ran out the back of the end zone almost pulled a jimmy g threw it to a jahir alexander and he just ran it back for an interception touchdown it's like golly even in a flag football game you're throwing interceptions kid come on did you but, see um Old whack ass Jalen Ramsey truck uh, Tyree Kill in flag I football. Not. I did not because he's because he's bitch made. <laughs> uh, Tyreek or Jalen? Jalen. Okay, that piece of shit. <laughs> oh, the, my favorite event was the lightning round. So what it was was a bunch of uh, defensive players. They started by doing a balloon, a water balloon toss to each other. Uh, and they would think it would get down to like the last six for the AFC and NFC. And after that, they would do the punch, the punch, uh, catch challenge and they would go as long as they could. But every time they catch a ball, they'd have to hold that ball in their hand or hold it and catch as many as they could. And I think they got up to like somebody got up to like six balls and they were able to actually use one of the footballs to catch the last football. It was kind of actually weird and cool at the same time. 
Huh. I'll have to look some of this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some uh, was okay. Some was okay. Yeah. Uh, but you, you mentioned uh, Derek Carr showed out. Uh, he is currently linked with the uh, New Orleans Saints, and the Raiders are willing to give him well, up for a... somebody. <laughs> well, yeah. And and the, the Raiders are willing to give him up for a single third round pick. That's a steal for Derek Carr. No, yeah, I'd definitely do it. I'd jump on it right now. Absolutely. Yep. Especially since he just opened up space after getting rid of uh, Sean Payton. Yep. Well, well, since you brought it up, um, how do you feel about it, being the resident Broncos fan on the show? How do you feel about Sean Payton coming to the Broncos? I think it's going to be a great move. Um, I do like the fact that he's already being stern and telling Russ that he can't bring his personal life coach who's been apparently causing shit to begin with. Um, maybe Russ won't have his own locker room anymore either. Mm. Mm. Uh, what what do you? How do you feel about the report? Uh, that's going around right now that Sean Payton did not want to work with Russ at all. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think he wanted to work with his uh life coach dude or whatever. Uh, so so the the report I'm trying to find it now because I can't remember who said it. Um, but it, <laughs> no, got him. <laughs> um, it, they, <laughs> you threw him all kinds of off. <laughs> they uh, I'm trying to find out who reported it, but it was reported that Sean Payton did not want to work with Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Um, uh, Kyle Murray gonna be working. <laughs> um, Call of Duty season two just dropped. I don't know if that man gonna be working anytime. It, it hadn't dropped yet. It, it doesn't drop until the day after Valentine's Day. Yeah. So yeah. Um, couple of quick things I just wanted to bring up real quick before we get into the list. Um, did you guys hear the story of or hear the report that the San Francisco 49ers have hired former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes as their new defensive coordinator? Yeah, I thought that went through. Yeah, it went through. Yeah. How do you feel about Steve Wilson getting an opportunity with uh, San Francisco? Uh, I mean, didn't they, they just lost uh, – what was he going to be coming in at? D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan? D'Amico Ryan was playing defensive coordinator, wasn't he? Or yeah, he was, he was not playing def- what was. Yeah, he was the uh, – D'Amico Ryan was the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. Yeah, and so what are they bringing homeboy in for? Is it the same position? Uh, no, just defensive coordinator. Yeah, okay, see, that's, what was, that's what I was wondering. But uh, speaking of D'Amico Ryan, Chip, D'Amico Ryan is now the new head coach of the Houston Texans. What are your initial thoughts? I like the the signing of him. Uh, my concern. Okay. And and I I. In our group chat, I, I, con- I expressed this concern to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that they give him an opportunity and not just give him a, a week. <laughs> a, a, yeah, it, a, a one and done, one season and you're out kind of thing uh, like they did with the last two coaches. Uh, so my thing with you guys, um, you guys have so much power right now in draft stock. Mm-hmm. Um are they going to let him pick his team or is he going to be fucked like most teams and have to be forced? I say most teams. Is he going to get in like, uh, cause Bill O'Brien is still your GM, right? 
No. No. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah, he is went the, to, uh, He's the offensive coordinator for the Patriots now. Yeah, I forgot he moved on to Alabama and then he moved on. So maybe yeah. he, him and the GM can actually come together and make a so, team they want to? Yes. Um, so the the report was uh, that the GM um, had issues with David Culley because David Culley didn't he he wanted certain players and the gm was like look we can't get those players you know we need to to build the team through the draft and all that um so that was part of the reasoning that he got fired uh and then um with lovey smith it was kind of the opposite uh the GM wanted certain players and Levy Smith was like, no, we're a defensive team. I'm a defensive minded guy. Uh, it doesn't matter what our offense does. Uh, our defense will carry the team and the Texans had a, a decent defense. And I kind of understand what he was saying, but if your offense cannot score enough points to stay ahead for your defense to, keep the other team off of the field you're not going to win anyway um so right uh, i mean i mean um i think also lovely smith being fired because they sort of regressed as a team oh they definitely did because we talked about it all season how they had the potential potential to win way more games than they should have uh they should have actually probably been a playoff contender team because they were working right but mm-hmm. they won Two, three games, two, three games, three games. Three, and last three games. year, how, how many did you guys win last year? Like two. six? No, no, no. You only won two the, last year. Yeah, the David Coley uh, situation was two years or two wins, um, and the, the report. And you know how these reports are, but the the report was that the reason he took the job to begin with was because he was banking on. Deshaun Watson to be the starting quarterback and then they ended up having to start Davis Mills and his whole playbook was centered around um Deshaun Watson. Right. I don't know why he was banking on D Watson being back. Uh he thought he could talk him into continuing to play. He should have uh rode them the right way and maybe he would have. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, w- one more quick little piece of uh information. Wait, is your I, is your head coach getting fired? My head coach is not getting fired, but okay. a former head coach. Let me let me. So back on January nineteenth of uh, this year, the Vikings fired their defensive coordinator Don, Don Ed Donatel after one season. Okay, um, it had been reported on February sixth that the Minnesota Vikings have hired Pittsburgh Steelers linebacking coach slash senior defensive assistant and former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. So I just found it interesting that Brian Flores now has a position in the NFL once again, uh, especially with all all the, the, the shit that went down just last year of you know him saying you know Stephen Ross asked him to throw games for payment and things of that nature. How do you guys uh, 
how do you guys hear how you guys feel about this hiring for the Vikings uh taking Brian Flores as defensive coordinator? They need a better defense, that's for sure. That's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah. Um also the the Titans just hired um former Texans offensive coordinator as their new offensive coordinator. Who was that? Uh, yeah, Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Any... If he was Brian Kelly. <laughs> Brian Kelly. Chip Kelly. How many other Kellys are in the uh, NFL coaching search right now? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. All of them. How many people? How many teams need a coach right now? Um. See, like teams that actually have a coach that need to get replaced or teams that don't have a coach. So team teams that don't have a coach period right now. I think they're all with a coach, right? I no, I don't think Arizona has a not I don't think Arizona oh, Arizona's the right. only one. Yeah. Ooh. Uh a little bit of news about uh a team in the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs have activated running back Clyde Edwards Elaire. This motherfucker is about to go off for four plays. <laughs> no, it's not even like he's bad or anything. Uh, I would not get rid of Pacheco unless he's getting stopped. Because Pacheco's uh, fucking hard to stop right now. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really is hard to stop. Titans also hired um, a lady by the name of Lori Locust. Uh, she's going to be a defensive assistant, and she will be the first full-time female coach in Titans franchise history. Nice. Well, they already have the uh, male cheerleader squad, so I guess the progressive as can be in Nashville, just kind of that's what you yeah. expect. Right. And... Um- AJ Green announced his retirement. Yeah. Yep. That was what either yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Or the sixth. Um. So the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they they are a team, but there is one of the team that doesn't have a head coach currently, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Although there is a report that Jim Mercey was going to, um, release to the media who he. I guess his candidates for the next head coaching job or whatever. So uh, Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <What? there> <laughs> Why was Jeff Saturday hired as interim head coach? Oh, he was free that weekend. <laughs> well, no, isn't he in the XFL? Jeff Saturday? No. No. no, he was the interim head coach for the for, for Indianapolis. For, yeah. For the Indianapolis. Yeah, for I the thought he get picked up for uh, that thing. Mm, I don't know, maybe. No, no. the The head coaches for the uh, XFL are Reggie Barlow, Jim Hazlitt, Anthony Back, Rod Woodson, Bob Stoops, Wade Phillips, Terrell Buckley, and Heinz Ward. Those are your head coaches in the XFL right now. All right. Yes, well. Man. I think we've pretty much covered all of the um, breaking NFL news uh, up to this point. Uh, no, 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 sir. We forgot the biggest mm-hmm. news of all. Here we go. What's that? The retirement of the GOAT. 
eh, I, I'm, I'm still <laughs> not sure that that's, I'm still not sure that he's not going to come back because I know he, I, I feel the same way. Well, but he literally announced he's not going to start his job with Fox until the 24, 2024 season. So maybe it was a year to go out and get smizzied. I guess so. He's single know. now. You know what I'm saying? Sing- I'm about to say he's single now. He's about to be a goat somewhere else. <laughs> Hey, he's single and already posting uh, Antonio Brown esque pictures on the internet. Hey yeah, man, you know, so you gotta do what you got. Hey, I don't know if he's pulling Antonio Brown kind of pictures. Yeah, I mean, over to put meat on everybody. He said he Arby's out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Brady posting pictures sitting on the bed in nothing but his underwear, tagging uh, Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski, talking about some. Did I do this right? <laughs> Bro, how you gonna tag your boys like that? Like, yo, if I was, if I was Julian, I'd be like, bro, you better, uh, better take that tag off. I'm boxing you. <laughs> Don't you ever tag me in this sus stuff? Oh, oh. God, Evan, what is wrong with people? Oh. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As 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 we've already mentioned, the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs are two of the best teams in the NFL this season. Chelsea Bowl, they have. They have two of the top three offenses, two of the top three defenses, and their quarterbacks were two of the three finalists for NFL MVP. So the Super Bowl has all the ingredients to be a classic, but the Eagles and Chiefs have a lot to live up to when they meet in Arizona on Sunday because there have been some incredible Super Bowls over the past 57 years. We are going to look at 10 of the greatest Super Bowls ever played. Who wants to go with uh, the first one? Well, or should I? Uh, we should also say that this is an article from Fox Sports uh, Yes, writer. I'm sorry. Because it's not us. We didn't make this list. No, no, yeah. no, no. That's, that's right. I apologize. Yes, this is uh, from... My Ralph. Uh, Vaccino? Ralph Vaccino, uh NFC East Vaccino, reporter. Yeah. Some he might have some biases in this, so yes. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the first one on the <laughs> list is uh, <laughs> he, also did, he also did this one to ten instead of ten to one. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he put it in order as in terms of greatness in order. I think he just picked just ten and just that's what we went with. Because I mean, the greatest Super Bowl can. I mean, it's, it's, it's always all subject. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, obviously if you're a fucking new England Patriots fan, I'm sure you hate this Super Bowl. You know what I mean? But you know, if you're a Giants fan, it's the greatest thing of all time. But let, if you guys don't mind, I'll take the first one tonight. The first one we're going to talk about is Super Bowl 42 in which the New York Giants defeated the undefeated new England Patriots 17 to 14. For sheer drama, it's hard to beat the upstart Giants who entered the, 2020, the 2007 playoffs with little to no expectations, going up against the 18-0 Patriots team trying to complete the NFL's second undefeated season ever and seeking New England's fourth Super Bowl championship in seven years. Tom Brady was already considered by many to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Eli Manning was, well less than three months removed from nearly being ran out of New York. So, of course, it was Manny who delivered the game-winning drive in the final minutes. Of course, he did it with one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history when he literally 
pulled himself out of the grasp of two uh, Patriot defenders and heaved a 32-yard downfield to, to fourth string receiver David Tyree, who made a leaping one-handed catch by pinning the ball against his helmet. Luckiest playing through bowl history. We'll get into it. And, of course, Manning finished the drive by hitting old plexiglass cheddar Bob for the game-winning touchdown pass with 35 seconds remaining in what is perhaps the most impromptu, improbable Super Bowl upset of all time. What did you guys uh, think of 42? Well, well, we talk well, about it a lot to begin with. Yeah, we do. But But real quick – by today's standards, that was not a catch. The nope. rules have been changed. You now have to have full control of the ball and tuck it in. Um, I think he did tuck it in, though. No, he, he no he, he can't. No, not 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 no, place no, no, he, no, no. David Tyree landed on fuck one of the linebackers that went for it, and no, it was Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison then. But he before he touched the ground, he actually did tuck it in. He was laying on top of somebody, so he didn't get considered touch uh, touchdown yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, Either if you way, watch the little clip there, you can actually see that he's sort of bringing it in before he goes down, before officially we're down. He was also a horse collar down. I never noticed that. Oh wait, hold on. Let me go back and look. What? Yeah, watch that little clip they have right oh, here. Oh, all right, all right, hang on, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Oh yeah, go about yeah. Thirty okay. seconds in. Yep. All right, hang on. Let me go through and okay. Eli throws it. He gets it. Oh yeah, he pulled him. Yeah, that's horse collar. Yeah, that's horse collar like a son of a bitch. And but he yeah. tucks it in as he's going as he's actually touching the ground. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't still be considered a touch uh, an actual catch. Well, here's yep. the thing. Even but even if it even if it wasn't by today's rules considered it a catch, it would still count as a 15 yard penalty and an automatic first down because Rodney Harrison pulled the horse collar. Yep. Well. So even, I mean, even if you look before that, uh, Eli Manning is like they're all over his jersey, all up yeah, in his are. neckline. The improbable release, yeah, yeah. So there would I think been... that's how he got out because they noticed they were horse collar. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, because you had you had Mike Vrabel, Richard Seymour. Uh, God, who else was in this? Uh, now William McGinnis wasn't there anymore. He had already left to Cleveland by then. Um, but yeah, that catch, yeah, okay, yeah, he tucked it in right before he uh, he touches the ground, hits the ground, yeah, yeah, that was a whoo, that was talking about concentration now, concentration, focus, and I will say this that was, I still say, you can look at it for good or for bad, that was still one of the luckiest fucking catches I've ever seen in my life, dude. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure, because. The, the degree of difficulty for that catch, and you got Rodney Harrison literally on your ass. Like, yeah, I mean, and that's the only time David Tyree has ever, because I don't even really think he did anything after this. You know what I mean? Oh, he had an okay season, but remember, the Giants didn't really stay consistent long enough to anybody succeed. That's yeah. true. That's, that's, why true. People, that's why people celebrate old boo-boo-ass Odell Beckham. <laughs> Oh, boo-boo ass. He is boo-boo. Man had one yeah. catch and that defined his career, and everybody thinks he's one of the greatest running, uh, receivers of all time. No. When he's never been consistently healthy for a full season or top 10 multiple yeah. seasons. I got a hot take on that one. About Odell. About him and in I'm Miami? Not... Mm-mm. 
I might piss some people off with this one. I don't consider Odell in the top 100 greatest uh, wide receivers ever. I don't have him in the top 100. I'd have to write down my list. I may have him maybe 90 through 100, but... I, if, if he if He's probably right outside. Because, I mean, if I'm going over in my head right now, the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game... You know what? I'll amend that. He may uh, be in the Chris hundreds, Hogan, but it's in the nineties. Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. Uh, I, I take I take Julian Edelman over Odell. I mean, on I take consistency, absolutely. I take oh, both. Oh, yeah, I take Edel- both Edelman and Welker. Yeah, Edelman and Welker for sure would definitely be over Odell Beckham. <laughs> right. I mean, hell, dude. Thing, I mean, only thing Odell has I, over Wes Welker is a Super Bowl championship. I will, I will admit he did play his ass off in that Super Bowl, even though he got hurt for he that did. first half. Yeah, hey, and then Cooper Cup Some... like, hey, y'all forgot about me? <laughs> okay, <laughs> go do his thing. MVP right there, man. All right. So that being said, no Cooper Cup Super Bowl MVP last year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I was talking about Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, even though it shouldn't have been. Remember we talked about that? Absolutely absolutely not, yeah. Uh, That being said, though, let's move on to the next Super Bowl. Which one do you guys want to take this one? Uh, Chip, I'll let you get this one since it's one of your favorite teams to hate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hey, at least he didn't win. (laughs) (laughs) I I bet you picked him, too. (laughs) Yeah, did you pick? I mean, I I actually did pick them to win. I'm not going to lie about that. I want I, I didn't Larry like, Fitzgerald oh. to win his championship so bad. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, Kurt Warner, like that was I was rooting. Kurt for Warner him. already had his. I wanted just Larry Fitzgerald to get his. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so if if you don't know who we're talking about yet, this is uh, Super Bowl forty three, the very next year, uh, where the Steelers defeated the Cardinals twenty seven twenty three. Uh, it was a game many thought would be the perfect bookend to Kurt Warner's Hall of Fame career but it turned on two iconic plays by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The first came after Warner had driven the Cardinals to the Steelers one yard line with 18 seconds left in the first half and seemed to be on the verge of giving Arizona a halftime lead. But when he tried to hit receiver Anquan Bolden in the end zone, Steelers linebacker James Harrison picked the ball off at the goal line and returned it. 100 yards for a pick six at that point the longest play in super bowl history increasing pittsburgh's lead to 17 to 7 warner rallied the cards back though and when he hit larry fitzgerald for a 64 yard touchdown with two minutes 37 seconds to go arizona had the lead 23 to 20 but the Steelers weren't done. Oh, Big Ben <clears throat> led them back down the field, and with 35 seconds left, he found Santonio Holmes in the back corner of the end zone. Holmes made arguably the greatest catch in Super Bowl history, reaching out of bounds for the ball while somehow keeping his toes just inside the white lines. Uh, that was an amazing catch. Yeah, now I if mean, Big you, Ben was about as unstoppable there as he was at a club afterwards. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> mm. Now, yeah, if, two if times. You, 
Now, if you Ooh, go back nine. and you watch it, like that, it, it was an incredible catch by Santonio. Like in in real time, it looks like he's out of bounds. But when you slow it down, you see there's, you know, probably about six to eight inches, maybe a little more uh, between the tips of his toes and the white line. I still claim right. that his second foot was on top of his first foot. It doesn't count. No. I, um, if you nope, look nope. at it. No, no. Look I at said it. What I, I said what I said. Go back and look, dude. I'm looking at it right now, and I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, this man that's what I'm took. saying. If, if you look at it, it definitely looks like one is on top of the other. Now, both do touch. If, if you look at about the 30-second mark, you can see the back foot actually touches the uh, the turf uh, for for a brief second. Yeah. He almost danked his head on the damn uh, catch too, because I mean he he mm-hmm. came up a little bit a uh, little bit woozy on that one, but hey, at least he had the wherewithal to make the catch, man. But for that high, I mean, you talk about a high pressure situation, dude. I mean, he, Ben Roethlisberger throws it, you could tell it's overthrown, because I feel like had he, it's going to sound weird the way I'm fixing to say it. I feel like Big Ben had to overthrow it a little bit, because if you go back and you look, if he had underthrown it. Um, I don't know number twenty Brown of the uh, of the Cardinals. I can't remember his first name, but he was literally like because he overthrew it. The ball's about a foot above his hand right now. So if he was to underthrow it, or at least make like a simple regular you know touch pass, he that would have probably been intercepted. Yeah, but unfortunately he won. <laughs> And that was a great season for Anquan Bolden too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, didn't he didn't he leave and go to uh Baltimore after this? Yeah. 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 Um but no, I mean, I respect this. I respect this being on the list so far. So far the first two have been I'd probably put him on top ten. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because yeah, I've absolutely. actually I've actually watched them, so <laughs> Right. Well, alrighty. Well, let's uh, move on to the next one. Roger, go ahead. It's on you. Uh, next on the list is Super Bowl Thirteen um, between the Terry Bradshaw led Steelers and the Staubach. Was it? Yep. Yeah, Staubach yep. uh, yep. led uh, Cowboys. Um, Steelers end up winning thirty-five thirty-one. So let's get into it. So from the front offices down to the playing field, this may have been the biggest All-Star game in NFL history. It featured 26 future Hall of Famers, including 18 players, 11 of the Steelers, 7 of the Cowboys. Uh, um, the greatness was evident. Steelers quarterback Terry Bradshaw threw for 318 yards and four touchdowns. Jesus Christ. Um, his top receivers, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, combined for 10 catches and 239 yards. Uh, Roger Staubach threw three touchdown passes for the Cowboys. And running back Tony Dorsett had 140 total yards. Where was the defense of this game? There wasn't none. That's the steel curtain, though. Like, geez, like, what is going on? <laughs> um, so it got wild in the fourth quarter, too. The Steelers had a 21-17 to lead uh, 
when the period began and seemingly blew the game open on a Franco Harris touchdown run and then a Lynn Swan touchdown catch. Uh, the Steelers were even celebrating on the sidelines uh, up 35-17 with fewer than seven minutes to play. So they still allowed two touchdowns in under seven minutes and then didn't score. Mm-hmm. Keep reading. But, uh, but the Cowboys weren't done. They scored on a seven-yard touchdown pass from Staubach to Billy Joe Dupree. That's not a real name. That's not a real name. <laughs> I love how it's, it's just never a real name for Roger. Billy Joe Dupree? Come on, man. That Billy Joe must be his uh, his name, sort of burner phone or something like that. But yeah. Billy Joe coming to the ring from Hickory, North Carolina, Billy Joe Dupree. No, he doesn't even get that. He's just already uh, standing in a ring all the way from <laughs> Wilmington, Billy Joe Dupree, and That's then coming to the ring. Has- <laughs> yeah, he's a super ass man. <laughs> coming to the ring, Big John Stud. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh fuck it! This, this this old mid south shit. Get Ted DiBiase out there. Get to give the kids seven minutes. Yeah, you, you got to get what you got to get. This was this was old mid south. Uh, Rick Rude when he was still one hundred eight pounds, right? Oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> before the gear came in, get on the gas. Um, sorry. Uh, so yeah. So from saw back to Billy Joe Dupree it was two twenty seven remaining. Then recovered the onside kick and scored again on a four-yard Butch Johnson touchdown run with 22 seconds to play. But that's as close as the Cowboys got. They tried one more onside kick, but this time the Steelers recovered for the win because they probably put people that could catch up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, the the big play of this one, mostly remembered, is the Lynn Swan out-of-nowhere catch. Yeah. Yeah, you see the, like... <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't alive when this game took place. So, you know, go back and you watch it. Just seeing how how non-existent the helmets pretty much were back then is kind of crazy. Because they're so yeah. small and you can literally tell there's like no protection in those things whatsoever. Oh, no. no. Oh, God, Absolutely no. not. That was a sweet catch, though, by Lynn Swan, though. Just coming in, uh, just... Well, I mean, Lin Swan was a grateful man. He took ballet just so he could be a better receiver. There you go. I think it's kind of cool that he did that. He's like, yeah, I'll just he's like, I wasn't grateful, so I just took ballet in the off seasons just to be better. Who right. does that? Right. <laughs> so somebody that wants to be great. Yeah. Somebody wants to, you know, be for. Was he there for for the Terry Bradshaw ones? Uh, I believe he was. I believe he was. Yeah. I think he's a lifer in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I just didn't know if he was there for all four of them. I can't remember. Yeah, but dude was it, super fast. Also, like he's very he, underrated. Was he there before Bradshaw or? Uh, quick Google search will let That's me know. What um, Lindell Swan. I, Lynn Swan, uh, started with the Steelers in 1974. 34. Yeah. And Bradshaw started. Oh, God, he's old. Um, <laughs> um, he started. Tell me what he's. Uh, he's drafted 70. in 1970. Okay, the first overall pick in 1970. Damn. 13 years, four Super Bowls, two time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, MVP one year, 
first team all pro just one time, three-time pro bowler, two-time NFL passing touchdown leader, the 70s decade all team, uh, Steelers Hall of Famer, Steelers all-time team, pro football, Pittsburgh pro football Hall of Famer, the bet, Bert Bell Award? I don't even know what that is. Uh, Bert Bell Award? Yeah. It was given, it was, okay, the Bert Bell Award is presented by the Maxwell Football Club to the player of the year in the NFL. That player, it's named after Bert Bell from 1895 to 1959. He was the first commissioner of the NFL. Okay. So it's basically uh, basically an MVP, basically an MVP award, basically, all or right. kind of an MVP award, sort of ish. I was gonna say because he already had the MVP yes. in '78, so I guess so. Yeah. Um, but he went to Louisiana Tech and did not have a good career, and still was the first overall pick. Uh, in 1966, his freshman year, I guess. I mean, he probably didn't play well. They went one and nine overall. Uh, he completed 11 passes out of 34, had 14 touchdowns. No, he had 14 yards. How do you get 14 yards on 11 completions? Uh, he had three interceptions, so he had a negative rating. Um, he was sacked a lot. Jesus Christ. This next year, he didn't do any better. He had three touchdowns, two interceptions. 1968, I guess he was a starter. He's 92, uh, had almost 2,900 yards, 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, the 69, his last year, or 8-2, he had 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Overall, with a negative touchdown-to-interception ratio, a 21-20 and 20 record, and was the first overall pick. Must wow. have been, man, I wish I would have played back in the 60s. I'd have been a fucking <laughs> superstar. Right? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. That's so crazy. But, um, all right, let's move on from old uh, uh, Terry Paxton over here. Yes, we're gonna move on to to your favorite team. Super, whose favorite team? Yours. Your favorite, your favorite linebacker. Oh, Joe Montana. Joe yeah. Montana. <laughs> uh, yes, we're gonna be talking about Super Bowl twenty three, wherein the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Cincinnati Bengals twenty to sixteen. Joe Montana already had two Super Bowl rings, and the 49ers were the team of the 1980s. But this is the game that cemented their dynasty and turned Joe Montana into Joe Cool. Montana threw for, for 357 yards in the game, but he didn't throw his first touchdown pass until early in the fourth quarter when his 14-yard toss to Jerry Rice tied the game at 13-all. The Bengals' defense, though, continued to hold, and Jim Breach's 40-yard field goal gave Cincinnati a 16-13 lead with 3 minutes, 20 seconds left to go in the game. That's where the game turned into a classic. When the 49ers got the ball at their own 8-yard line with 3 minutes, 10 seconds left to go on the clock, Montana famously jogged to the huddle, pointed toward the stands, and relaxed his teammates by by, by asking, Hey! Isn't that John Candy? That was the start of an 11-play, 92-yard drive that ended with a 10-yard touchdown from Joe Montana to John Taylor with 34 seconds remaining to give the 49ers the win. See, Uncle Buck makes everything better. Yes, yep. exactly. <laughs> Fucking John Candy, the legend. Missed yes, that is. man. Missed that man so much. Yeah. 
for all you kids out there listening, I don't know why you're listening because we're, I mean, yes, listen to us, but you know, don't listen to us too loud around your parents. But yes, John Candy <laughs> was the dude. Uncle yeah. Buck, Cool Runnings. Um, he's also in Home Alone as the random polka dude. Yeah, yeah, polka, polka, yeah he was. Polka. Man, Golly, I, that, I, I did, I didn't realize he's been dead that long. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, wow. Yeah, man, Uncle Buck, the Great Outdoors, Cool Running, Spaceballs, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, gosh, that one's a fucking classic. Yeah. You want to hurt me? Go ahead if it makes you feel even better. I'm an easy target. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, anyway, but would you but what'd you guys think of the uh the 49ers win against the Bengals in Super Bowl twenty three? I mean it has the infamous is that the one with the catch, right? Yeah. Mm, I you're talking about the one two no 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 the, the the catch uh went to uh Oh no it's not you're right, you're right, it's not that one. Dwight uh Dwight something, I can't remember his last name. Yeah I know what you're talking about, but no, that's not the game. I think that might have been the first one. Uh let me look up the catch real quick. Because I know what you're talking about. Not the, the first catch one, in terms of Mexican football. It was the uh, Dwight Clark. That's who it was. It was the uh, very first Super Bowl. Yeah, it was the very first Super okay, Bowl so with Joe Montana. Yeah, it was when Joe Montana, it was a uh, Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It wasn't a Super Bowl. It, it was, was the playoffs. The, it was the uh, 1981 NFC Championship game between the Cowboys and the 49ers. So it would have been the year after this one? Um, Wait, no, you said 1981. Never yeah, mind. 1981, yeah. Never mind, never mind. All right, first, I, I was thinking uh, 91 for some reason. Yeah. The aftermath was... Uh, they played in Super Bowl, the yeah the eighty one season. Ironically enough, it was the San Francisco Forty ers and the Cincinnati Bengals again, uh, and of course San Francisco won twenty six to twenty one. That was in okay. nineteen. That was in nineteen eighty two. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, Chip, how do you how do you feel about this particular one? Uh, I mean, I mean, I you guys go around for this. I don't think I was alive for that one. I'd have to go back and watch it, uh, but uh, just trying to peruse my memory, uh, I feel like it was a pretty, pretty good game. Yeah, that was yeah the, uh, the Super Bowl twenty three was nineteen eighty nine, so it was the eighty eight season, and they played the game January nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I wasn't watching so. football at that point. Yeah, I don't think any of us were watching football at that point. I wasn't alive. At yeah, that you point. was. Yeah, you, yeah, you wasn't alive. I don't even young. think I was a twinkle yet. Yeah, young whippersnapper. I don't think I was right. a twinkle for. Let me think. Nine, ten more months, right? And then from there, nine more months. So. <laughs> Eighteen months between the twinkle and the. There you go. That being said, though, if uh, if we got nothing else to say about this game, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Uh, Chip, I believe it's you, Bubba. Go ahead. It, it is. Uh, we're going to talk about Super Bowl twenty five, where the Giants beat the Bills twenty to nineteen. Mm. Uh, so, 
So the Buffalo Bills look like a juggernaut during the regular season where there's seemingly unstoppable, no huddle offense. They had even just crushed the Raiders in the AFC championship game, 51 to three. Mind you, it was the Raiders, but still. Uh, and it was the Raiders back in the day. They were good. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it was the Raiders. Yeah, they, fuck they, the Raiders. They've always had the the innate ability to to screw up. Um, but anyway, uh, Bill Parcells and his defensive coordinator, Bill Belichick, came up with the perfect plan to stop Buffalo. A game plan that literally ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Giants ran a conservative run-based offense on the back of running back O.J. Anderson. Determined to keep the ball out of the Bills' hands and on defense, they pounded the Bills' receivers, hitting them often at the line of scrimmage to disrupt the timing of their quick-strike passing attack. And it all worked. The Giants held on to the ball for 40 minutes and 33 seconds. Anderson ran for 102 yards, and Bills quarterback Jim Kelly threw for only 212 yards, which included one 61-yard pass to James LaFont. Yet the game still came down to a 47-yard field goal attempt by Bills kicker Scott Norwood with eight seconds to play. Now, if you're wondering, that kick infamously sailed wide right. Yep. Norwood will never be able to lose that down. Yeah. The, what, this is one of the four falls of Buffalo. Yeah. Did you, guys the, ever, did you guys ever watch that documentary? That yes, it's, it's so beautiful. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yes, it is. It's, it really like breaks down like season per season, Super Bowl per Super Bowl, what went wrong. This one, I feel like, what you just said, Chip, it's the most infamous one because they literally had the chance to win it. And <laughs> wide right, man. Yep. He he just he hooked it and and it, it went right. So Yeah. Yeah. But that Giants but that Giants team wasn't no slouch either, man. No, but Yeah. I wonder was, if it was the way Frank Reich was holding the uh the ball. <laughs> no, um in the documentary Scott Norwood just talks about how he just had an off feeling. Um he had, he, he I don't think he yeah, I, he said he wasn't able to hit like past forty five yards or something during warm ups or anything. Oh wow! And it just so happened he had a kick of forty seven. So is this one the okay? I think this was the first fall. Yeah, because yeah, because they lost to the Giants, and then they lost to the Washington Football Team, and then they lost to the Cowboys badly, and then they lost to the Cowboys again badly. The fact one of the, the one that makes me so mad is they lost to the Cowboys in the snow. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Leon Lett over here is still getting oh, chased. Leon Lett. <laughs> God, fifty-two Leon. to seventeen, though, man. Geez, yeah, they got geez. bodied. Yeah, that was Super Bowl twenty-eight. Yeah, that was a the Yeah, that was horrible. That was bad. <laughs> that was really, really bad. But 
Nevertheless, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but we always talk about, you know, especially when we talk about games, game plans and matchups and things of that nature. Like it was smart for Bill Parcells to look at the game plan of what Buffalo did all season and said, okay, let's take away, as long as the ball's not in Jim Kelly's hands, we can win this game. Let's do this. Like when was the last time you've seen a game, maybe recent, I know it's happened recently. It has, it's had to have happened recently. Over literally two thirds of the game, you have the ball on offense and you just wear that defense down. You know what I mean? Like, like when's the last time you you've seen something like that in, in um, football? The, I, I know, I know, I know. The it's Patriots Ram Super Bowl. Yeah, that that would be a good one. Yeah, we kept the balls out of uh, Jared Goff and uh, Gurley's hands. Yep. Yeah, man. And yeah. everybody said it was a boring Super Bowl. It was a fucking strategic Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah. No. See, see, that's the thing. Everybody's so accustomed to this, like high powered offenses of the. Uh, Eagle or the, yeah the 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 Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Eagles with uh, Jalen Hurts, the the Bills with uh, Josh Allen, um, you know and and you know these these players are or these quarterbacks are are like just chunking the ball sixty and seventy yards down the field a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times. Uh, but when you have a, a real strategic, like defensive based game, you have people like, oh, that was boring. No, that was that was an actual game. <laughs> yeah, that, right. that was a game of chess right there. And uh one strategy one over the other one. Exactly. But you know, uh like why can't we just watch the game and just appreciate that these guys are out there? Because it's like, oh, they have to score. Because those same people that say, man, they didn't score a lot, man. This is fucking boring. They're the exact same people that, that say, man, where was the defense at, man? How come no one played defense? You don't want people to play defense, remember, because it's too boring. You know, whatever. Well, you're not allowed to play defense in the NFL anyway, so. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. That is true, unfortunately. But moving on from that one, uh, let's move to the next one. <laughs> Here you go, Roger. It's you. Um, so next on the list, uh, but before I go actually on, uh, everybody go on ESPN Plus or Disney Plus and watch the Four Falls of Buffalo because it's actually a really good documentary. Yeah. Uh, yes. And they actually talk to a lot of the players and they, what's weird is how well they remember it because, I mean, first of all, being hit in the head a lot, you, you know, your memory will go away to begin with. But second of all, everybody talks about like how memory is very subjective to be the best version of that memory. So mm-hmm. weird how they remember so well like the plays that happened before yeah. they like even before they like it happens, they were able to call the plays that were happening. Yeah, autobiographical memory. Yeah, yeah, but not but, everybody has that. Yeah, not everybody has that. Yeah, that's true. Especially not football players. <laughs> No, not, not barely not. have memory. <laughs> well, maybe today's football players probably have a little bit more, but the ones in the 60s and 70s, early 90s, no. But uh, yes, next on the list uh, is Super Bowl 52. I fucking yeah. don't remember my own numerals. <laughs> we, we, we left that behind after Jesus resurrected. Um, this man. He ain't wrong. He ain't I'm wrong. Not, I'm not saying he's wrong, but this motherfucker got the quips tonight. <laughs> uh, um, but next on the list is uh, 
I, I forgot to tell you guys, I actually got a message from one of my friends that listened to the podcast and laughed so hard about the Brock Purdy being the comeback player of the year. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, he should have gotten comeback player of the year. But uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52 is the Philly special. Eagles winning 41 against the Patriots, who only scored 33. Um, it was shocking enough that the Eagles even reached this game behind backup quarterback Big Dick Nick Foles. But what Foles and the Eagles did in the Super Bowl was an even bigger shocker. Foles threw for that's not really that big of a shock. Foles threw for 373 yards and three touchdowns. And despite Tom Brady's Super Bowl record 505 passing yards, the Eagles led this game almost the entire way because defense wins games. Exactly. Um, part of that lead was built late in the first half on a play that everyone remembers, the Philly special. It was the first half. Yeah, yep. that was the first. Yep. First quarter, I think. Uh, no, no, second no, I'm sorry. Quarter, no, second, second quarter, thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Man, I thought and it was first, fourth and goal. I thought it was the. I thought it was third quarter. I thought it was into the second half. Um, all right, but uh, but yeah, the Philly special was a direct snap to running back Corey Clement, who pitched the ball to tight end Trey Burton, who then threw a one yard pass to Falls for a 22-12 lead, um, which is hilarious because didn't the Patriots try that with Tom Brady earlier in the game and he dropped it? Yep. He yep. did. He dropped was it earlier in the game or or later in the game. No, no, it, it was before. No, this. no, no. It, it was before this because I remember watching it, thinking, "Oh man, he threw it to Tom. Why are you? What are you doing? Trying to catch it to hell?" And, and then he had no graceful balance whatsoever. And then Nick, then the Philly special happened, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I bet Doug Peterson's on the sideline, like, "Okay, motherfucker, you want your quarterback to catch? Watch this." You know, like that's the first thing I thought. You know, and he said he pitched the ball to the tight end Trey Burry, but it was a jet sweep. Yeah. Yes, oh, he did. He totally did pitch it, but it was a jet sweep. He was a meter, uh, not even a meter. He was a millimeter away from him. I mean, he could have just right. handed it to him. Yeah. Um. But I guess since he totally passed it backwards and made it look like a backwards pitch, it made it more of a viable pass attempt. And nobody, nobody even looked at Nick Foles. No, nobody. Uh, you gonna go after the dude that can't move? Right. <laughs> Hey, that's that's when he became Big Dick Big Nick. Big Dick Nick. Yep. <laughs> uh, God, he was so yeah. open. Yeah, he was. It, it wasn't even close, man. Anyway, anyway, finish reading. Finish reading the blurb. Um, but yes, but the most interesting part of the game uh, took place later after Brady threw a four-yard touchdown pass to Gronkowski with uh, 9:22 to play, giving New England his first lead of the game. 33-32. Falls followed that with a 14-play, 75-yard, 7-minute, one-second drive that including converting a fourth and one from the Eagles' own 45 and ended up with an 11-yard touchdown pass to tight end Zach Ertz before he disappeared to obscurity with 2.21 to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been more than enough time for Brady, but a strip sack by defensive end Brandon Graham. Yeah. Uh, two plays later, got the Eagles the ball back and allowed them to grind the clock down and add a field goal to seal the deal. Because defense wins games. Yes. Or defense wins oh, championships. There you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Zach Ertz is playing, uh, unless he's retired uh, this season. <laughs> he went to Arizona. He, he, he went to Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it seems like that's where all, all the players are going to retire here lately. Yeah, pretty much. A.J. Green, J.J. Watt. Yeah. D hop soon if he doesn't get healthier. He's gonna know? go to the he's gonna go to the Ravens. That's you that's, think so? That's the rumor. Yeah, that's the rumor. They're trying to oh, package okay. a deal for him and yeah. franchise tag uh 
Lamar, and then next season pay Lamar after they've negotiated uh, Hopkins' contract. Interesting. Interesting. It's the only way they would be able to afford it because they can't pay both Lamar and Denard Hopkins the same season right now. Right. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. We still have plenty of, well, we have three, two months before the draft. 80 days. 80 days before the draft. Yeah, so under three months. Okay. Um, but no, like, uh, let, let's talk about this Super Bowl. I mean, we is the Eagles' first win uh, to Super Bowl. I say first because they possibly can, can win this weekend. Um, but also, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and he got fired the next season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it took Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Who did? Who saw that coming? No, he didn't. That's for fucking sure. Not until halfway through the season. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but nah, man. I mean, people look at that like I- I'll ask you guys this question. Did Tom Brady lose the Super Bowl? Was Tom Brady the, the key reason why they why the Patriots lost the Super Bowl? No, nah, he Granted, threw five hundred and five yards. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I don't I don't think he's the it, I don't think he's the key reason at all. Uh I just think that the Eagles defense uh, stepped up when they needed to step up, and Nick Foles made the plays he had to make to win that game. Right, and yeah. Brandon Graham probably, which Graham's still playing. He's going to be playing this Sunday in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, most of the team, most of the offensive and defensive line is still together, isn't it? Um, I believe so. I know Brandon Graham was there for the last championship. Was Jason Kelsey there for the for the last? He's been there for twelve years. Twelve, yeah. So he, yeah, so he's he's. he's yeah, I think that I think that line has been together for about eight years too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, most they, of yeah, them they're pretty, Yeah, they're pretty tight. Fletcher um, Cox was there last year or last time too, wasn't he? Yeah, Fletcher yeah. Cox was there last time. I yeah. feel like the, I feel like the offensive defense line is almost the exact same. Um, I can yeah. definitely look that up while you guys converse, though. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, man. Take, do you guys listen to um, the Kelsey podcast? Of course. At all, yes. I've heard snippets of it i haven't actually downloaded it. it's uh, so entertainingly good it 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 is it's it's really good uh but did you did you hear the part i want to say it's on the most recent maybe the not the most recent but the last one where uh like travis said that it's uh jason's like he's the reason that he's playing for the the chiefs because he made a call, phone call to Andy Reid. No, it was that it was at the during the draft when uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were going to pick um, Travis Kelsey. They called Travis and they asked him if he was like, ready for it, and he hesitated. So then Andy Reid called Jason because he knew who's next up, and he's like, "Is your brother going to fuck this up?" And Jason's like, "Nope." And then Andy <laughs> Reid said, "All right, he's on the team." <laughs> That's great, dude. Those two. Those two. Are like they, the like the brotherly love they have together is so amazing. How like they can be literally against each other and have so much respect for each other. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like they never like their arguments are even arguments. Like they just like they disagree on something, they talk about it, and then just move on. That's the way it should be. But uh, so they had Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and Jason uh, Jason Kelsey. So I think they had the exact same. Offensive line for the most part. Um, Fletcher Cox was there. Brandon Graham was there. Uh, Brandon Graham was there. 
uh, start showing me all the linemen because, of course, you don't respect the linemen. Yeah. Uh, Chris Long. Nah, Chris Long ain't there anymore. He retired. What, yeah. Like 2019 or something like that. Yeah, but he. And yeah, they actually had the. That was the fourth best defense that year, too. Um, yeah. That only showed me Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Chris Long for that one. I can probably do a little bit more. Uh, but also, it's funny, ironically, because uh, the running backs were uh, LeGarrette Blunt, who was a former Patriot, but also uh, your boy J.I.I. Was it? Was that pronounced his last name? Uh, Ajayi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, he literally had won the Super Bowl with the Patriots before and then just leased them. Uh, yeah. He also had Al- Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. Yeah. Uh, man, why is it not telling me who your whole defense line is? That's so stupid. Uh, that's not their starter. That's definitely not their starters for that either. Uh, so Brandon Brooks was on the offensive line. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Benny Curry, uh, defensive line. Derek Barnett. I think he's still there actually. And Bo Allen. I don't think Bo Allen's there anymore though. Mm-mm. Man, um, yeah, Derek Barnett, Timmy, uh, Timmy Jernigan is Jernigan still there or no? Um, I don't even know to be honest with you. Fletcher Cox is still there, Brandon Graham. Uh, I feel like it's the same line though for the most part. Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, uh. Vatai, Vatai, the left tackle, is not there anymore. I think he went to Cincinnati, didn't he? Where did he leave? I want to say he left. Uh, oh, is he still there at the Eagles? What? No, he's at Detroit. That's where he is. Okay, I was like, I know yeah. I've seen his name here recently. Um, But he's at Detroit right now. And then who was the other guy? Steven Wisniewski. Definitely don't know who that is either. Left left guard. All the all the important if you actually can block the quarterback all day every day or yeah, block right. him all He's actually still there. Okay. So they have almost their whole entire starting uh, offensive line and defensive line from that Super Bowl. That's amazing. Yeah, that the is. fact that they were able to keep majority of that team. They've only replaced one on offensive line, and I think one on defensive line. Yeah. That's insane. How do you... I guess they must be paying them really well. Yeah. Chemistry, man. They don't want to bust up that chemistry either, probably. But... Yeah, because uh, Jernigan is still at... at the, is he still at the Eagles? I can't see what this says. It doesn't say... Exactly. Nope, he's not there anymore. All right. So he's the one that's not there from the defensive line. Right. All right, we can move well, on. 
yeah, let's move on to a game. Mm. Super Bowl 34. The St. Louis Rams and the Tennessee Titans, St. Louis winning 23-16. to It had been nearly a decade since a Super Bowl game had come down to literally the wire. And this one didn't look like it was heading that way. The Rams, running their famed greatest show on turf offense, held a 16 to nothing lead late in the third quarter. And it seemed to be only a matter of time before they pulled away. But even with Kurt Warner throwing up for 414 yards and Isaac Bruce catching six passes for 162 yards, the Titans hung around long enough to crawl back. They even tied the game on a 43-yard Al Del Greco field goal. I almost said Alberto Del Rio. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> I almost I hope did. Not. I hope they, I'm sorry. I'm glad I stopped myself, and then no. I just said it anyway. Anyway, kick the field goal with <laughs> two minutes and 12 seconds to play. One play later, Kurt Warner hit Isaac Bruce for a 73-yard touchdown, but even that wasn't enough to put the Titans away for good. Tennessee drove right down back drove right back down the field and was perched at the uh, St. Louis Rams 10 with six seconds to go. And that's when the Titans quarterback Steve McNair threw to Kevin Dyson over the middle. And he appeared to have been headed for a game tying touchdown, but Rams linebacker, Mike Jones, who Mike Jones managed to grab Dyson by his legs. And as Dyson fell to the ground, he reached out with the ball just one yard short of the end zone, perhaps the most dramatic ending in Super Bowl history. Thoughts on Super Bowl 34, guys? Uh, uh, go ahead. I mean, it, it, it that last play was a real nail-biter. Um, and... It, I know this says it was uh, one yard away from one yard short of the end zone, but no, it's more. If you go back and you watch this, like it's it's more than one yard away. Like his knee's down at the two. Well, his body is physically down, but I think is the point of the ball they're talking about. But hell, but even when he stretches the ball out, he still doesn't even reach the. He doesn't even break the plane of the end zone. Not the first time. The second no, time, the, once, the once second, they, yeah. yeah, once but they roll him over, he is within a he is within a yard with the tip of the ball. But yeah, he physically was not a yard away from. No, but you know they place it. Uh, they place down. it where where he's down. So, well, no, that, they place yeah. it where the ball is where he's down. Because I mean, that's why right. that's why people reach for the uh, for the end zone. Yes, yeah. but any other time on the field, it's it's where. You're you are marked down, not where yeah. the you know, because you can reach the ball another you know, couple of yards with your arms, but if you got, if you got them fucking orangutan arms, well, I mean, most football players do though. I know they, they, got, they got like what fucking like 75 inch wingspans and shit, yeah. yeah, they over here should be fucking basketball players with their wingspans, but right. That fucking pterodactyl arm just slapped slap the whole O-line in one, you know, you know, but yeah, who was that defensive player uh, for the, the Philly drafted? The one that had like an 80-something foot wing, 80-something 80 uh, inch wingspan. 
Jordan um, Davis. That that was his name, Jordan Davis. Uh, he got injured a lot this season, though, so he didn't get to play much. But I've never even heard of him. We talked about him when we did the when we did the uh, when we did our draft recap. Anything I remember that? Am I, am I the only one that listens to our episodes? <laughs> yeah, that was forever ago. That was back in April <laughs> of last year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it it has been almost a year. Do you not realize how many episodes we produce <laughs> on a yearly basis? A hundred and two. Sometimes more. Sometimes more, depending on you know what if we want to kick in a, a special episode here and there. But for the most part, it's over a hundred episodes a year. Yeah, yeah. And and I can barely remember what I ate yesterday. Okay, <laughs> these kids got me fucked up. <laughs> Don't me kids, it's your age. Shut here we go. Mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Damn. Damn, bro. Breathe. That's, fucking that's, that's water. Breathe. Stab you. One of these days, Roger, I'm just going to stab you. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. Yeah. Keep talking about my age. I'm not talking about your age. I'm just reminding you. You don't need to remind me. I know how old I am. The problem like you is... In your old no? age? No, the the problem is, is I bet you feel older than I do. Oh, that's definitely not true. No, Mister Mister uh, Weak Knees over here. It's not weak knees; it's a bad back. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, I have neither of those old ass. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I admit I have a bad back. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's 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 keep it going, girls. Let's move on. So. Y'all, y'all, anything else y'all want to say about uh, Super Bowl Thirty Four before we move on? Roger, were you like what f- four or five years old when this happened? Which one? Super Bowl Thirty Four. I don't know what year was it. Ninety nine. I was seven. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And you were graduating college. Just about. I was. <laughs> I was. All right. All right. Let's move on to the. Let's move on to the next game. Go ahead, Chip. <laughs> Oh, this is favorite Super Bowl. Uh. <laughs> no, this is this has got Talon's favorite team in it. That's what I was talking about. That's who, that's who I was talking about. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Super Bowl three, which <laughs> none of us were fucking alive for. Big <laughs> <Get> cap. <laughs> Fuck the Jets. <laughs> with with Talon's favorite team, the New York Jets. Defeating fuck the Indianapolis Jets. Colts sixteen to seven. He says fuck the Jets. In in reality, that means I love the Jets. So no list of greatest games in Super Bowl history would be complete without the game that put the Super Bowl on the map. It was the third AFL NFL championship, the first one to actually bear the name Super Bowl. And it came at a time when the AFL was still largely considered inferior. That's why it was so stunning when a few days before the game, Jets quarterback Joe Namath told the crowd at the Miami Touchdown Club, we're going to win this game. I guarantee it. Joe Namath threw for 206 yards mostly to George Sauer, who caught eight passes for 100 
33 yards. Eight passes for 133 yards. That's pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. And Matt Snell ran 30 times for 121 yards and the only Jets touchdown of the game. The New York defense came within three minutes, 19 seconds of pitching a shutout. The Jets chased Baltimore quarterback Earl, Earl Morale from the game by picking him off three times, and then they picked off his replacement, Johnny Unitas. And that all led to one of the most iconic images in NFL history. Namath jogging toward the tunnel to the locker room, wagging his index finger at the air. Yeah, that was a very, uh, very iconic moment. Um, the fact that, again, at this point, because the merger had took place um, and everyone was talking about how the NFL was so much better, because you got to remember the Green Bay Packers won the first two Super Bowl first two AFC AFL NFL championship games because they like what you said they weren't even calling it the Super Bowl until Super Bowl three, um, but Joe Nath Joe Namath having the balls to say we're going to win this game I guarantee it, and it's one of them classic case cases of ah, I wrote a check my ass better cash it you know what I'm saying and. For the most part, man, they did now. Now, granted, did Joe Namath was Joe Namath the reason? I mean, you a lot of people credit more of Matt Snell uh, running the ball thirty times, having one hundred and twenty-one yards rushing, and having the only touchdown of the game. But you know, Namath making that prediction was a pretty bold thing, especially at a time when what you just said the AFL was not a superior conference. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, Namath had to get them in position to uh, for, for him to be able to make that touchdown uh, run. Because you, you got to think back then there wasn't no Derrick Henry's just trucking over people. <laughs> right. What year was this? I can't remember. 1968. I want to say it was 1968. About three days before Sodom and Gomorrah happened. Oh Lord. Uh nineteen sixty nine. So sixty yeah, nine. It's the sixty eighth season, yeah. It was sixty eight season, January twelfth, nineteen sixty nine. Summer of Love, Woodstock, all that shit. Huh. Tickets for the game were priced at twelve dollars, eight dollars, and six dollars. <laughs> I wish. I don't, know, I don't know why they decided to give us ticket prices from a game. Actually, Hell. actually, this was the 69th season, September twenty first to De- September twenty first to December twenty first. Yeah, they didn't have super long seasons back then. Well, this doesn't make sense. This is so they played an entire season in twelve days. No, not twelve days. September, because September to December. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The, the Super Bowl was January 12th, 1969. So it had to be the 1968 season. 
correct? Oh, this was AFL. Okay, so we're talking. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, because remember the AFL had their own. They played against each other, and the NFL played right. against each other. It wasn't a combined thing. So the the AFL season, whoever was the the best team out of that season competed against the the best team in the NFL at the quote unquote Super Bowl. Right. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that. What I'm yeah, so saying 60, is, it was the '68 season technically. That's yeah. okay. Th- yeah. So both the AFL and the NFL had the six had their '68 seasons, and then they met in '69 for the Super Bowl. Yeah, because yeah. they finished in '68. Um, there's only eighteen. There's only ten teams in the AFL, and sixteen teams in the NFL. Uh, so the NFL had to play more games. Okay. But yeah, the AFL champions beat the NFL champions that year. But, uh, I'm looking at the old... And you said there was no Derrick Henry's back then? You lying, sir. There was a man by the name of O.J. Simpson. In the 60s? That wasn't in the 60s? 1969. Really? The first pick of the Buffalo Bills 1969 draft, O.J. Simpson from the University of South Carolina. I didn't think he was that old. Wow. Yeah. Yep. The 1969 NFL-AFL draft was held January 28th, 29th in New York. City's Belmont Plaza was the first pick the Buffalo Bills selected running back O.J. Simpson from the University of South Carolina. That's crazy. It is. Wow. Okay. And he, was not, he, and he was not even... Yeah. He was not even the rookie of the year. Jesus Christ, Joe Green was defensive rookie of the year that year. Mean Hell, Joe mean, Green. Mean Joe Green. <laughs> yeah. Calvin Hill, running back for Dallas, was the offensive rookie of the year. I've never even heard of this man. He's from the Bronx, from yep, from Riverdale County. He went to Yale? <laughs> he was oh, two-time first-team All-Pro his rookie season and four years later. Whatever happened in 1973 was like his second best season because he was also selected. He was second team All Pro. What? He was a two time first team All Pro in 1969 and 1973, but he's also a two time second team All Pro in 1969 He played 156 games and had 6,000 yards. He averaged 4.2 yards per carry. Okay, so he was doing something back then. Hmm. And 1972 and 1973, he was he had 1,000 yards both seasons. Oh, well, I guess he did do something. Yeah. Something else about Super Bowl three though, and it's just it's, it has nothing to do with the game. It's just interesting that the cost of a 30-second commercial was only $55,000. Now $55,000 won't even get you a second on a commercial time It's in the Super Bowl. A couple of years ago, it was like $3 million for 30 seconds. I'm sure it's raised more now, but still. I wonder... If we could just do a QR code at the Super Bowl, see how much that costs. 
Uh-oh. Let's bring a sign. <laughs> yeah, that's still going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, though, let's move on from Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, we're not done the- with the list. <laughs> All right. Next on the list is me, right? Yeah, this fuckery. Fuck. Go ahead. No, can I skip it? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Go ahead. Next on the list is Super Bowl. Why oh. the fuck didn't you win the ball? Sorry. What is that? 49? That is 49, yes. Yeah. I'm so glad I sort of paid attention to school when it came to Roman numerals. And them pieces <laughs> of shit. Uh, but this is the tragic Patriots win over the Seahawks. Patriots 28, Seahawks 24. The Seattle Seahawks were the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight champions of the world. And Coach Pete Carroll and quarterback Russell Wilson were eyeing a career-defining repeat. And when the fourth quarter began with Seattle leading 24-14, to 14, it looked like it was right within their grasp. I mean, if you just ran the ball the whole fourth quarter, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Thank right? you. But as usual, Tom Brady wasn't done. He threw his third and fourth touchdown uh, his third and fourth touchdown passes of the game in the final eight minutes, including a three yarder to Julian Adelman, with two oh two remaining to give the Patriots the lead. Wilson though seemed ready for some Super Bowl magic. He quickly marched the Seahawks down with a help of a circus catch by Jermaine Curse that went for thirty three yards to Patriots five. One play after that. Running back Marshawn Lynch powered his way two to four, uh, two to one, and rather than call a timeout, the Patriots let the clock run down to twenty six seconds. The entire world at that point was expecting Russell Wilson to hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, who had gained twenty four, who had twenty four carries for one hundred and two yards and a touchdown in the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, Instead, Carroll and offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel made the most shocking play call in Super Bowl history. A quick pass to the right to Ricardo Lockett on an inside slant. But Patriots cornerback Malcolm Butler read it and stepped in front of Lockett to pick off Wilson and end the game. And we've never heard the fucking end of it. No. Oh, yeah. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan... I'm sure you get that brought up every single time. It's like, why didn't Pete Carroll run, dumbass? Like, here's the thing. Like, if I can – I have to look at it from two sides of the spectrum here. Like, if everybody knows Marshawn Lynch is going to run, if everyone knows they're going to give it to beast mode, they're going to attack, and they're going to put the wall up on it. So maybe – I guess maybe uh, Daryl Bev uh, – Bevel, Bevel, Bevel. Bevel. Maybe in his mind, he thought they all believe it's going to be a run. Let's fool them and let's pass it on a slant. And maybe somebody in that offense, somebody, maybe Malcolm Butler was like, "Nah, they may, they may try to pull a trick," you know. Like, so I get it, you know. Like you, you, you. Everyone was expecting it, and then, you know, boom. Oh wait, a quick, you know, slant route, you know, but. At that point, man, Beast Mode already had 24 carries and 102 yards. Who was stopping him in that game? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. What, what, what are y'all's thoughts? Well, Pete's Carroll's excuse for the time was that in that season, Marshall Lynch on one-yard rushes had not scored a touchdown at all. 
Mm. Um, the play before, he just ran for four yards. Y'all can't just do an outside pitch to let this man get the open field. Right. Instead, Malcolm Butler gets a pass interference that should have been called, but wasn't because he, quote, unquote, was looking at the ball, even though he hit the player before the ball got there. Right. Or fucking do I formation and just pitch it to you, or not like fake pitch it, to your running back and give pass it to your, your fullback. Thank you. Pull the fucking Mike Allstott. Why not? You I know mean, what I mean? The Steelers did it with a man called Jerome Bettis. They just put him at the running back position. Exactly. What say you, Chip? Uh, I mean, I get Pete Carroll's decision because, you know, he literally wasn't making anything from the one yard line, but at the same time, like do, do like Roger said, you know, do, do an outside pitch or, or something like, <coughs> or, or as a uh, Jason Kelsey says, the planet works 92% of the time, all the time, the quarterback sneak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they had a good, you know, you know, quarterback to do the sneak with. You know, not only that, why don't you do a fake quarterback sneak, then uh, act like you're going to do it, drop that pile down and then have Marshall Lynch just jump over the top. Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, I mean, and of course, all this is hindsight, you know, being 2020, what what would have, could have, should have. But, you know, they made, you know, Russell threw the ball. Malcolm Butler read it, read it perfectly and ran up and got it. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that pretty much ended that, uh, ended that, uh, game. It's crazy. But that being said, um, let's move on to the very last one for the night. We are talking about Super Bowl. Hold on. Let me 30 something. I want to say it's 36. 36. There yeah. you go. Super Bowl 36, the beginning of the dynasty with the New England Patriots beating the St. Louis Rams 20-17. to 17. Nobody saw Tom Brady coming at this point. This emotional game played in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks was all about Kurt Warner and St. Louis's greatest show on turf, and the Rams' offense was literally electrifying. Warner threw 365 yards and St. Louis outgained the Patriots 40, uh, 427 yards to 267 yards. But thanks to three Rams turnovers, including an interception that was returned 47 yards for a touchdown by Ty Law, New England held an improbable, held an improbable 17-3 lead as the fourth quarter began. That's when Kurt Warner and his offense finally got going. The Rams quarterback ran for a two-yard touchdown run and then threw a 26-yard touchdown to Ricky Prohl with a hunt with 130 remaining in, a, in the game, tied at 17. That's where the legend of Tom Brady was born. Starting at the Patriots' own 17-yard line with one minute, 21 seconds left to go, the first-year starter was, was just 24 years old, calmly, completed five of eight passes for 53 yards to get New England into field goal range. That's where another soon-to-be legend, kicker Adam Vinatieri, kicked a 48-yard field goal as time expired to give Brady his first 
of seven Super Bowl championships. How did you guys feel about this Super Bowl? Um, I mean, like it says, this is, this is where, you know, Brady's legend began. Um, and it was the start of the creation of the, the goat, the, the, the greatest quarterback to ever live. Um, so I, it just showed, you know, the ice, the ice in his veins, uh, from from the start, right? Right. So. I mean, it's. I mean, there's nothing really to say. It was the start of Brady, um, Brady and Belichick, but mostly Brady because we see that Belichick has been able to do it without Brady, and Brady's already went to a Super Bowl. So, uh, and one right. Um, but no, it's it's. Uh, it's the unfortunate early 2000s era of the Patriots. Yeah, but I mean, but let's not let's not discredit the defense either. I mean, Todd Law did intercept the ball and run it back for a touchdown. You also had uh, you know, Brewski. Teddy Brewski, Mike Vrabel, um, Richard Seymour was there. Willie McGinnis was still there at the time. Um, Rodney Harrison, I believe, was there. Asante Samuel, I don't think, was there just yet. Um, no, I think he was still with the Falcons or the Eagles. Was the Eagles? I thought he was drafted by them. He may have not have been. Let me. I mean, I can look it up right now. Yeah. Samuel. Uh, Eagles until when? No, he started his career with the Patriots in 2003. He went to the Eagles in 2008. Oh, okay. So I got it backwards then. Yeah, and then his last season was 2013 with the Atlanta Falcons, and now his son is now playing for. Uh, now his son is now playing as cornerback for the uh, LA Chargers. Chargers, the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Uh, you know, so crazy. The, the players that we watched as teenagers growing up, now they have kids, and their kids are playing in the NFL too. It's crazy. You know, I mean, Asante yes. Samuel must have had him super young because he was born in eighty one. Uh, Asante he's forty two. Yeah, he's forty two, and his and son, son is twenty three. Twenty three. He had him at the age of eighteen. Hmm. That worked out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, which I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. is not doing bad for his first two his first two years. In his first two years, he already has a hundred tackles, a fumble recovery, twenty two pass deflections, and five interceptions. So, you know, not you know. Now, granted, three of them interceptions came in a single game against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um. So he only has what? How many interceptions does he have? They say five total. But he's got over a hundred tackles. So that's fifty tackles in, in the last two years. So it's average of fifty tackles the past two years. So, so he so he's more of a bruiser in terms of the corner position. I mean, when you got Derwin James behind you, 
You'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. not light people up. Yeah, you ain't you ain't got much to worry about though with that guy. You I'm know? saying you're allowed to light people up. <laughs> right. But there were a few uh, honorable mentions. If you want to just run them down real quick, um, of course. Super Bowl ten, Steelers yeah. twenty one, beat the Cowboys seventeen. On the final play, Steelers defensive back Glenn Edwards picked off Roger Staubach. Uh, Super Bowl, f- fuck, uh, forty six. Yeah, forty six. Giants yeah, beat the Patriots again. Eli beat the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Numbers. Uh, Super 50, Bowl fifty one. Was that fifty one? Yep. Yeah. Fifty one. Yeah. Uh, the that's the infamous twenty eight choke three. job. Yep, the choke job because because yep. for some reason they also could not run the clock down. Um, but yeah, Patriots win thirty four. Falcons giving up their asses twenty eight points right there. Because let's be up twenty eight to three, just give up thirty one points without scoring again. Let's go ahead and go away from our whole game plan, which was run the ball. Uh, Super Bowl 30, no, 40, sorry, 47. 47. It's 47. Uh, 47, I'm 47, I'm sorry. Um, the Ravens using their Illuminati powers to beat the 49ers with their oh halftime show from Beyonce. Yes. Uh, hey, you can say what you want, but the 49ers literally had the momentum. And then the, the Super lights Bowl. Lights went out. Those <laughs> lights went out, and then all the momentum goes away because everybody's able to cool down and relax. You know they did that because they wanted advertisers not to be upset because people stopped watching the Super Bowl and they wouldn't get their advertising in. We talked about this on the Conspiracy Theory episode. I just I just think that the, the Illuminati was like, oh shit, the 49ers are going to win. They're not following the script. Mm, here we go. <laughs> the script. You got to follow the script. Uh, Super Bowl. Last one I don't mention is Super Bowl 38. The Patriots again winning thirty two and beating the Panthers twenty nine. Uh, who had twenty nine? The teams exploded for thirty seven points in the fourth quarter because nobody knows how to fucking play defense. Nope. And there was, uh, a, and it was once again a last second field goal by Adam Vinatieri to win. Yeah, wasn't yep. it the first three Vinatieri? The f- uh, no, the first two were Vinatieri. The one where they played against the Eagles, Vinatieri kicked the field goal, which put him ahead by three, but they still had time to come back and win. That's when Terrell Owens went the fuck off in that game, had like over like over 10 catches, 100-something yards. And Something lost. Like that. And they lost, yes. I'm trying to think of which Super Bowl that was. I want to say it was Super Bowl. 107. Probably. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So currently there are twelve current NFL teams that have never won a Super Bowl. Wait, um, you said what now? Fourteen? There 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 are currently twelve teams. Oh, twelve. Yeah, there are 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl. Hold on, let me and see what I can name them all. All right, go ahead. Uh, Texans. Yep, Houston Texans. Are, yep, Houston Texans. Uh, Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. Didn't they win one with Kurt Warner? 
No. No. No, they play They only went to one and they lost it. That's yep. what I'm thinking of them. Yep, they don't have a they don't have a Super Bowl. Uh Jacksonville. Jacksonville does not have a Super Bowl. Um Panthers. Uh yeah. The Panthers shouldn't have one. They've lost both of them. They won. Yes, two. Panthers. Panthers. Panthers uh, four. Uh, number five, I want to go with Buffalo, obviously, because we know their history. Buffalo, yes. Uh, the Chargers. Titan. The Chargers and the Titans, Chargers, yes. Chargers, so seven. Uh, number eight, I am going to go. It's a newer franchise. It has to be. No, you already uh, listed the newest ones. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking uh, about the. The new Cleveland Browns, but I don't think they considered that. Sister Tony, so no, you're franchise. no, you're right. It's not the same franchise. Uh, the lineage good. does not follow the. So the Baltimore Ravens have the original Browns lineage. That's what I was thinking. That's why mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about Cleveland Browns. So that'd be eight. Yep. Uh, Helen, is that correct? Cleveland Browns. Right, right now, you guys have Buffalo, have Atlanta, eight, right? Carolina. You have Buffalo, Atlanta, Carolina, Saint. Uh, Los Angeles, as in Chargers. Sir, I wasn't uh, done with my list. I had three I'm, more. I'm, I'm repeating the teams you already said. I didn't say Atlanta. No, Chip said Atlanta. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So there's nine then. My fault. All right. So all right. So you got we, you. You've said Buffalo. You've uh-huh. said Atlanta. You've said yep. Carolina. You've said Tennessee. Yep. You've said the Chargers, the Cardinals, yep. the Texans, and the Jaguars. So you have four teams left. Or did you say? You said, "Oh, yeah." So you got so, four. So we said, "We said Cardinals, Falcons, Bills, Panthers, Browns, Texans." Okay, all right. So we got. Jaguars, we should be at, we should be at nine. Chargers. You got, right, yeah, you're at nine. Okay. Uh, all right. So you yeah, got three more teams. Um, Bengals. No, Bengals have one. Nope. Oh no, Taylor, they have not won a current Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. The Bengals have not won in in the modern in the Super Bowl era. The Bengals have not won a championship. Well, that means the Jets also would be up there. They won a modern Super Bowl. The Jets won Super Bowl three. But that was AFL NFL before the merger. It was or, it was it was first considered. They're going by Super Bowl era. Okay, so Super Bowl Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so any yeah. So from nineteen from so from nineteen sixty six season on, it's considered Super Bowl. All right. Let me think. Then Va, no Vikings have won one. Um, wait, have Vikings won one? No. Nope. Okay, so that's 10. Yeah. That's, no, that's, no 11. that's 11. That's 11. Sorry. Uh, right, there's one more team. Uh, Roger, I'll give you a hint. Hold on. No, no. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, shit. Give me a conference. Just AFC or NFC? NFC. NFC, NFC. Fuck, let me think. You've you've rode with this team all year. Oh yeah, wait. I thought I said the Lions already. Nah, we. If you did, I didn't hear it. I thought I said the Lions. That's why I wasn't thinking about them. No. Okay. Well, then yeah, the Lions Uh, are the okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Like I thought I had them, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's the Bills, the Vikings, it's the Bills, the, the Vikings, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Titans, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jaguars. Oh my. And and coincident yeah. And coincidentally, the Browns, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jaguars are the only four teams to never even have a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. 
because the Browns yeah. were totally Baltimore at the time. Right. So, yeah. yep. Buffalo and the Buffalo and uh, Minnesota have four appearances without four a win yep. and four. Yeah, four wins and four losses, zero. You know, they have the worst record. Yeah, they have the worst record. All right, here here's another here's another one for you guys. There are four teams that are undefeated in Super Bowls. Um, can can you guess who they are? The Jets. Uh, the Jets are one. Okay, Jets. Tampa. Tampa Bay is yeah. Tampa Bay has two. Um. The Giants. Nope. The Giants have one loss. Who did they lose to? Uh, the Giants lost in. Hang on a second. It just gives me years one. It doesn't give me years. Uh. Yeah, it just gives me years one. It doesn't give me which okay. year it was. Right, they're four so and one in Super Bowls. Four and one. Oh no, no, it, uh, it was t- it was the year two thousand where they lost to uh, where they lost to the Ravens. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, uh, fucking shitty ass Kelly. Uh, what was his name? No, uh, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so we have the, Jets, Tampa Bay, um, the Ravens. The Ravens have two championships, yes, and there's one more team that is undefeated in Super Bowls. Um, is it the Chiefs? No, it's not. It's not. The they Chiefs. lost one. Never mind. Um, well, they won. They they lost the championship. Yeah. Um, what conference? The NFC. Miami. No. no, I said no. I said NFC. Oh, NFC, not NFC. All right. Um... Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you one more hint. They the, they won their championship in two thousand and nine. I don't fucking remember that. Does... Steelers? No, they've lost. Oh, they lost. Yeah, two thousand nine. Shit, we just talked about that. Who'd won in two thousand nine? Think NFC South. The Saints? The Saints. They have one Super Bowl win. Oh, and no yeah, losses. they only have been to one. Yeah, that's right. They've only, they've only been to the one. Yeah, so, and so, Peyton Manning threw a game-winning touchdown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so, ironically, um, I, I just looked this up. Um, technically, there are only two teams in NFL history to be in the Super Bowl and never lost because they don't count one-win teams. Why? Okay, so they don't count one-and-dones? Nope. Why? I don't know. Um, so the Jets, are, the Jets are a one-and-done. The Saints are a one-and-done. The Ravens and the Bucks are the only two teams to, I guess you would say, m- multiple wins um, and not lost, but for for whatever reason, because each of them have made it twice and won both times. And there's some bicey bullshit, right? Yep. Yeah. 
But was there a was there a particular Super Bowl that you guys can remember watching and enjoying that maybe wasn't on this list or maybe even an honorable mention? Because I think they covered pretty much all of them, pretty much. Uh, the Denver Broncos destruction of Cam Newton. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that one. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was yeah. Well, well the the where uh, um, uh, Von Miller pretty much came into his own pretty much. I mean, he had the market weird next to him. Of course, yeah. The key to lead was also on that team. I mean, I I still remember the damn Seattle the the Legion of Boom Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, forty three to eight. That was whew. that was a that was a. If you, you want to talk about a game that was like over at halftime and it's like, I don't, you know, <laughs> like, what do you do at this point? You know, but I mean, the Saints one is a good one, too. Yeah, the Saints one's also a good one, too. Yeah, they beat uh, Indy, I yep. think. Payment, like I said, Payment through that game winning touchdown at the end of the game. <laughs> he sure did. Um, yeah, the, the, the Ravens. Stomping the Giants in uh, what was it? It was a uh, Super Bowl 35, 34 to seven. That was the uh, the it was, it was I think Ray Lewis was the MVP on that one. No, 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 I'm sorry, it was uh, yeah, yeah, Ray Lewis was Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer, yeah, <laughs> Jermaine he was, Lewis. <laughs> he did his job, he did his job, yes, he did, absolutely. Uh, the Buccaneers Raiders Super Bowl was kind of a was kind of a lopsided one. Uh, this is because that 2002 uh, defense uh, with Dexter Jackson as MVP uh, that was a interesting one. A little lopsided, but you know, of course the the Philly uh, the New England Patriots Philadelphia Eagles game from uh, 2005 uh, was also pretty good the whole way through. Um, See the Steelers uh, winning against Seattle twenty-one to ten, and so many people was like, "Oh, I've always been." This is how you. This is how you catch a Seattle fan, a, a Seahawks fan. Just ask him. Is like, it's like, oh yeah, you know, Legion of Boom. Blah, blah. Oh, how long have you been a Seahawks fan? Oh, I've been a Seahawks fan for a while. Oh, okay, who was the who was the uh, starting quarterback when you guys went to the Super, when you guys went to Super Bowl forty? Uh, Dome. Wait, huh? Dome. Who was it? Not Dale Home. No, he was a quarterback for Joe Montana. Jake DeLone? Sorry. Yeah, Jake DeLone was the Panthers. No, Matt Hassel. Hasselbeck, yeah. yeah. Hasselbeck was the, uh, yeah. Remember who the running back was? Uh, Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, that's right. The cover of Madden. Yep. That Madden curse. Yeah. Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist? No. That's Drew Brees. With he, oh yeah, he he did do that. Yep. That's right, that's right. You see, that was the Patriot game. I'm trying to look, yeah, because we've we've talked about all these games that I'm looking through. Uh, that dreadful Packers game. Ugh. Packers beating Steelers 31-25. Yeah, that was the second one. What was was the Arizona Big Ben's first one or the second one? That was the second one. It was the second, one. yeah, yeah. The, the first one, yeah, the first one he had Jerome, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't remember off the top of my head. 
Yeah, because they won it in 06. Uh, then in 09. To, then in 09. Yeah. Man, I think Philip Rivers is the only quarterback out of that draft that did not do shit. Yeah, that was. What was that the 2004 draft? Uh, I believe so. Had to have been. Yeah, because the first overall pick was Eli Manning. Philip Rivers was taking fourth overall. Yeah, he wanted to go play for New York. I mean, I wouldn't want to play for San Diego either. Nope. And then Roethlisberger got picked. Who all? Who all were the quarterbacks that were drafted? Hang on. Oh shit. Leon Lett. Leon, shut up with Leon Lett. My God. All right. The quarterbacks that were selected, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, J.P. Lossman. You guys remember him? Never heard of him. Matt Schaub, um, Luke McCown, Craig Krenzel. That's not a real name either. These are wrestling names right now. Andy Hall, Josh Harris, Jim Sorgi. Jeff Smoker. Uh, that's definitely a wrestling name. Come on. That's a wrestling <laughs> name for sure. Oh, Lord. John uh, Navarro. Cody Pickett. Casey Bramlett. And Matt Mulk. What? what? Mulk. <laughs> Matt Mulk. Quarterback out of LSU. Uh, BJ Simmons. Bradley Van Pelt. Are you just throwing darts I'm at a reading, wall? I'm reading the quarterbacks that were in the 2004 draft. Other than Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Schaub, like everybody else is just, I mean, yeah, just dartboard <laughs> names pretty much. But yeah. Oh, uh, Also updates about stupid stuff. Um, Aaron Rodgers is on a quote unquote darkness retreat. Oh, fuck him. Oh, he's going to get some uh, more peyote. He will embark Pey- on a four-day, four-night darkness retreat. What the hell does that mean? Uh, it means he's going to pretend to drop off the grid for four days and get high as fuck. Sounds yeah. like a Joe Rogan thing to me. Yep. All right. That being oh, said. He says his darkness retreat does not include any uh, use of the ayahuasca. Is that how you pronounce it? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. So I guess he's I mean, I'm not an mushrooms. expert or anything. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no uh, expert or anything. I just, you know. You sound like an expert to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck with psychedelics. <laughs> I bet you can smell it out of the air when it walks by, huh? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, I don't do psychedelics. Not anymore. Not a, that. That's that's not my forte. I do not do psychedelics. I mean, I'm sure people will be like, "You don't like to be oh, Super man. Mario?" No, 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 no. No, with my paranoia level, shit, ain't no way I'm doing anything like that. You crazy as hell. Take me and trip me into a parallel universe or some shit. <laughs> But anyway, that being said, though, 
if you guys have any Super Bowl memories, any games that you think were some of the greatest of all time, let us know in the comments. Let us know in the uh, on all of our social media platforms. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday. Uh, I picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Roger, you picked – who'd you pick again? We both chose the Chiefs. We both, you guys no. both chose the Chiefs. No, I you picked the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, Talon and I picked the Eagles. You picked the Chiefs. All right. But, yeah, that being said – you know, should be fun. Should be a good soup. Should be. Let me start over. Should be a good Super Bowl <laughs> coming up. I got tongue tied for a second. There. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, that being said, man, thank you guys so much. Anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one stop shop for all things movement radio. And what we got <laughs> on the YouTube channel, Raj? Um, as always, uh, go to YouTube and subscribe or I'll shit in your bed. And yeah, here we go face. again with this you shit should, in bed. You shouldn't have asked him. Uh, I, I oh, actually, oh, actually, and just to you know, switch it up on you a little bit, I may shit in one of your work shoes, but I won't tell you which one. <laughs> and, and then I'll use your work socks to wipe my ass. So, yeah, have fun with that. Good lord. <laughs> I can't fuck with him right now, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not that fucker he's done shout out to all of our sponsors man thank you guys for all the love and support you guys have been giving us man obviously the og gearanime.com um yeah audibletrial.com uh canva zoo lily get response elementor just cash clothing entertainment earth w.gg um <coughs> excuse me just thank you to all of our friends who's been down with us since day one you know who you are and uh, yeah, as always, man, thank you guys so much for tuning in, man. Streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch. Go cop some new merch, man. We got the original logo. We got the My Hero Academia inspired merch. We got the Dragon Ball Z inspired merch. We got more merch out uh, items coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. And we'll see you guys right back here next week. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch, go cop some merch, and check out movementradio.us, your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'll shit in your bed. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan. <laughs>